You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we're going to hear a message from our congressional care pastor, Aaron Caton. The title of the message is The Miraculous. In John 4 and 48, then Jesus said unto him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Romans 10 and 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. John 1, 1 and 3 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. All things were made by him, and without him was nothing, was not anything that was made. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For by grace you are saved, Through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Except you see signs and wonders, you believe not, is what he's saying. But he's saying that faith comes from hearing. In hearing the word, it's telling me that, that the word became flesh, that the word was in the beginning, the word was spoke, and when the word was spoke, there was light. When the word was spoke, there was separation of heaven and earth. There was separation between water and land. The word was spoken. And the earth received. The word was spoken, and we believe. For by grace you are saved through faith. Grace, the word becomes grace. He dwelt among us, the word became grace. He died on a cross so that grace could be extended to us, so that we could have the promise, the gift of eternal life, it tells us. God gives us the word, and he says, have faith. The word is the miraculous. I, I want to speak tonight about the miraculous. I, I want you to understand that there's gifts of healing throughout John. We're, we're in the book of John. If you remember the last time I, I spoke, we spoke about John, right? Listen, I've not seen an arm grow back. I've not seen, uh, uh, I've not seen legs grow back. I've heard of, of a dead man rising. If, if we remember correctly, Stephen Lucas uh, I don't know, eight years ago maybe, uh, it was on his deathbed and, and they, they called pastor and pastor came down and he led him in song and, and, and then the doctor said, we're going to take him off the ventilator, ventilator and, and we're going to put all the family out there except for the immediate and the two little boys come running down the hallway and he said, daddy says that he loves us, daddy says that he loves us. And they're like, we know daddy said that he loves us. No, no, no. Daddy set up and he said that he loves us. God did a miracle. He did the miraculous. He, he took Stephen from, from death to life. But through that process, I believe 13 family members came to salvation, the gift of God. I can tell you that whenever I went to visit him, my brother, my oldest brother had just died and pastor called me. I I was just leaving Deadfall Run Road, Big Otter, West Virginia. And pastor called and said, hey, will you go to Ruby and visit this man? And I pulled in and I was drained. I mean, I I just buried my brother. I said, Lord, I gotta have something to speak to this man. And he said, John 5 and 8. Well, like any other good man, I didn't know what that was, so I opened up my phone, right? John 5 and 8. Rise up, take your bed and walk. And whenever I went in there, I went upstairs. The family wasn't there, and I explained to the nurse who I was, and she allowed me to go back. I said, I'm just here to pray with him. And that's all I could tell him. I said, Stephen, I ain't had a good day myself, but I'm just telling you what the Lord's telling me. The word that we speak brings miraculous healings to our bodies. 
It can change things. But it's the word of God that does this. Listen, I believe in the instantly. I believe in the suddenlies. I believe in the immediatelies. I believe in James 5 and 16, that if we confess our sins to one another and pray, that the prayer of a righteous man will, will availeth much. Listen, if you've confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're a righteous man or woman. You're part of that. Your, your prayers, they might not sound as good as Pastor Rita's, but guess what? They're every bit as good as Pastor Rita's. You might say, I can't pray like you, Pastor Aaron. That's okay. I couldn't pray like me either. But, but the more I practice praying, the more my prayer language, the more everything that I started doing, the boldness started coming because what I do in private starts coming alive in public. But if you ain't in your, in your prayer closet, you can't pray in public. You got to be able to pray. You got to be able to come out and speak the word of God because you want to see miraculous things take place in your life. And in your family's life, in your wife, your children, your friends, your church family, your pastor, you want to see things come alive. And that's through prayer. That's through the boldness of God. Amen? Amen. So let's go to John 4, 46 through 53. The nobleman and his son. So Jesus came into Canaan of Galilee where he made the water wine. That's his first miracle that he ever did. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea. Man, I, you got to hear that. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him. He desired him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. This nobleman, that tells me that he is royalty. That tells me that, that he is either part of King Herod's court or he is a relative of King Herod. It also tells me that he might even be a Gentile. But it's telling me that, that he came from Capernaum to Canaan, which is about 25 miles away. It tells me that he traveled a great distance to come to Jesus. He heard about Jesus is what the scripture says. It's what the word says. I heard about Jesus and it's worth traveling 25 miles. It's worth driving from Morgantown to Shiston because I heard about Jesus. I heard about something that takes place. It's worth driving from Elkins to Shiston because I heard there's a move of God. I, I hear that people are getting saved. The miraculous has taken place. I've heard about it and it's worth the drive. That's what he's saying. So now he's coming and, and he's getting intentional with God. He's coming to Jesus, and he desired him that he would come down and heal his son. Listen, he didn't just come, come to hear him. He came to take him back to the house with him because his son needed a miracle. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So he traveled. He's getting intentional with God. Listen, he spoke it this morning. The young lady's talking about it. In the, in the back, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things shall be added unto you. The noble man's desiring Jesus. He's desiring God to come down and heal his son. My son is at the point of death. And Jesus spoke to him in verse 48. And Jesus said unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And the nobleman said unto him, sir, come down here. My child dies. He's saying, come down before my child dies. I don't know if Jesus is rebuking him. I don't know if Jesus is testing him, but I know that the father is standing his ground, George. I know the father is saying, my son needs you, and I ain't leaving without you. I come to I heard about you, and I've come to get you because I want to take you down to my son because he's lying on his deathbed, and he needs a miracle. And Jesus said unto him, go thy way. 
thy son liveth. And the man believed. What did the man do? He believed the word that Jesus spoke unto him. What did the man believe? The word that was spoken to him. And he went his way. And it was now going down. And now when he was going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. His servants. That tells me that there's excitement in his house. That tells me that they're all running to the master to say, Your son liveth. Because it says, Thy servants met him. They inquired, he inquired, the nobleman inquired of them the hour when he began to amend, improve, to get better. And they said unto him, yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, thy son liveth and himself Believe. Listen, when you're reading the word of God, you got to let it come inside of you and you got to let it start believing inside of your heart. He said, I, I, he spoke at the same hour. I believed that same hour and there was a miracle that took place in my son that very hour. And his whole house saw the miraculous of Jesus Christ in that house. It's the seventh hour, about 1 p.m. Listen, home is 25 miles away. I'm going to say in my thought processing that he probably didn't make it home that night. I'm going to say in my thought processing that it took him all night long to keep stirring up that faith inside him. My son lives. My son lives. He spoke it and I believe it. I'm going to pillow my head believing God that, that, that my son lives. And as he's journeying the next day, again, it's 25 miles the seventh hour, he told him, I don't know that he made it home. The word doesn't tell me, but I got to believe that he just received that word, that he held on to it. And by faith, his son lived. Amen. Isn't that awesome? God is so good, isn't he? What a miracle. If God says it, you got to believe it. Yeah. If God says it, you got to receive it. Listen, I, I, I've seen, I, I've done it myself. I, I remember playing, praying, I, I, God asked me to pray for this man and I called him up and I said, Big John, I, I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to pray for your knees. And John came up there and he said, Brother, everybody's prayed for my knees and they ain't ever been healed. And I said, well, I'm just telling you right now, I feel like in my spirit, man, that God is asking me to pray for your knees. Whether or not you receive that miracle, I gotta be obedient to God. Well, you pray away. Listen, we got to believe in God. We can't believe in man. We got to come to an altar. We got to go to a prayer closet and we got to seek the Lord's face. We got to seek him for the miraculous touch that only that he can do. A man can pray for you all night long, but it's only by God's grace that it takes place no matter who's praying for you. So seek his face. Listen, I have mentors that have prophesied over me and told me things, and I've never told anybody until they've come to fulfillment because I know what I'm praying for. I know what I'm seeking God for, and I know what he's spoken into me, and I know that it's going to come true. I didn't need a man or woman to speak into me. It was good that it was confirmation because they didn't know what I was praying for. But I seek God for the miraculous in my life. Isaiah 55 and 6 says, Seek ye the Lord. Why he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. We're talking about miracles. Faith comes from hearing by the word of God. John 4, 
This is uh, Jesus and the Samaritan woman, and it's 5 through 38, but we're not going, I'm not going through all that. I want you to be able to read that, though. Jesus is at Jacob's well. He's resting from traveling. And verse 7 says, there comes a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said unto her, give me to drink. The Samaritan woman asked Jesus, what? You know that I'm a Samaritan, and you know that you are a Jew, and we don't mix the only time that we deal with each other is whenever we're trading goods. Jesus says to her, I love what he says. Jesus answered and said unto her, in verse 10, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou would have asked of him, and he would have given the living water. Man, do you realize who you are coming and kneeling down at an altar to? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Great I Am, the Alpha and Omega. He's been from the beginning. He's going to be there at the end. And you're coming to seek him more than anybody else. You're not coming here for me. You're coming because you believe God's going to do something for you. He said, if you only knew the gift of God, you would have asked me for a drink. How many of you ever been perched in your life? You've been, man, I just, I want some ice water. I'm just craving some ice water, humboon. You ever been out working the farm and you're like, man, I need some ice water. I need it to just quench my thirst. That is what he's saying. Are you thirsty? Because I got living water. I got something that I'm going to give you. Then it's going to quench your thirst. It's going to heal your soul. It's going to stir up your spirit. And you're going to walk out differently than you came in. That's what he's trying to tell her. Jesus is getting very intentional with this woman. He's saying he, he's trying to break the dividing walls. He's trying to break the Jews and the Samaritan wall right there. He's trying to set the captive free. He's trying to open up her blind eyes, but she ain't receiving it. She's a woman with a problem. Jesus met her at the sixth hour, which is noon, which means she's an, out, an outcast of her own town. She's got issues. She's an outcast from her own society. She has problems. And Jesus is trying to get to the root of the problem. But she ain't trying to take a drink. She finally says in verse 15, though, the woman says unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come here to draw. Ooh, she just invited him in, didn't she? She said, give me a drink, sir. I didn't come for it. I didn't come for it. But I'm here now, and you, you convinced me that I need a drink of that water that you're talking about. Huh? Jesus is on fire with her. He, she said, give me a drink. She's invited him in. Come into my heart, Jesus. I need you. Huh? That's what she's saying. Jesus said unto her, now he's starting to test her. Go call thy husband and come hither. Jesus is starting to do some internal cleaning. She invited him in. When you invite Jesus in, he's going to start doing some cleaning. And you ain't going to like it whenever he starts taking some baggage out. And you just got to let him remove the baggage. You got to let him say, go ahead, go ahead, get rid of it, because I don't need it, right? You got to let him go. And Jesus, and, and she answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast is not thy husband. And thou saidest thou truly. And she perceives that Jesus is a prophet. And Jesus tells her, you don't know what you believe in. And you don't know what you worship. Jesus continues to enlighten her. And she starts to recognize that Jesus is the Messiah. That Jesus is the Christ. Man, when, we're, when we open up and we allow, it just starts changing our hearts. It starts changing our mind. And we're like, man, this God I've heard about all my life 
is real. He really does bless people. Man, I start putting 10% in. Woo, well, I, I couldn't even live off 100% before, but now I'm giving 10% and I'm living off of 90 better than what I used to live off of 100. I mean, woo, it starts changing our lives. It starts changing who we are. Verse 28, the woman then left her water pot. But think about that. She came to get water, but she left her water pot. You know what that water pot is? That water pot's a life source because you gotta have water to live, right? But she, she said, oh, I done got what I came for. I didn't come for it, but he filled me up. I got living water. And what'd she do? She took off into the city and she said, you got to come meet this man that's told everything about me. He, he, there's no way he knew what I, but he's reading my mail. Scotty knows all about me. Huh? Knows all about me. And the whole city comes to hear Jesus preach the gospel. This, this woman who was an outcast, Jesus gave the woman salvation from guilt, gave her salvation from shame, gave her salvation from adultery, and turned her into a missionary that was on fire. Jesus spoke a word. She received it. She believed it. Whoo! How great is our God, huh? Let's give him a hand clap of praise, huh? How great is our God, huh? Let's go to John 3, verses 1 through 3. Faith comes from hearing. We're talking about miracles, right? There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How can a man be born again? He confesses his sins. He confesses that Jesus is the Christ and he believes with his heart. There's a ruler of the law, a, a Jewish ruler that comes and says, how or what does it take to be born again? And Jesus tells him in verse five, he says, Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Upon repentance, a new way of life takes place. It begins in the believer through Christ Jesus. Jesus emphasizes that you have to be born again. Without the new birth, there's no relationship with Jesus Christ. There's no life. There's no new life. Man, we're dead in trespasses and sin is what the word of God tells me. We're dead. It's only through Jesus. It's only through the new birth that we ever come alive, that our eyes are open, that we're enlightened to see that there's a purpose inside of us more than making money. Mm. But with the new birth, there's enlightenment. There's a new perspective that comes. Faith is established. The word starts becoming clearer. It starts becoming easier to understand. The Holy Spirit corrects us. Man, we start doing wrong things and the Holy Spirit just starts, ah, ah, don't go that way. Ah, don't go, don't, ah, stay right there, straight. Stay straight. The Holy Spirit starts guiding us and leading us. And we're like, man, what is that? We start, we start feeling that greater potential that we have to do God's will. Man, God is so good. God takes a Jewish ruler that wants to be unnoticed, that wants to meet secretly at night, not knowing what he believes in. But he does a full heart transplant in this gentleman. And the new birth takes place and salvation He's born again to where Nicodemus, when Jesus is on the cross, he's no longer worried about who's going to see him. 
He comes and he's ready to help take his Savior off the cross. He's come prepared for the proper burial to lay him in the grave. No longer worried about who sees him. What a miracle. He was blind. He was spiritually blind. And Jesus brought him to life. Mm. Listen, everyone is valuable. Amen? Amen? Talking about miracles. Faith comes from hearing. Brothers and sisters, we got to share our testimony. Ryan and I was talking earlier tonight, and I said, hey, you want to preach tonight? He said, I, I can't preach. And I said, you know what I think, Ryan? I think everybody's got one good message in them. You got at least 10 to 15 good minutes in you to talk about the goodness of what God has done. Every single person has at least one message about Jesus Christ inside of them, and you got to share that message. It doesn't matter if you were filthy, dirty, alcoholic, and you came to an altar and he cleansed you and you got up. It doesn't matter if you've been a saint all day long and all you've done is lie once or twice. You've got a testimony. You've got a story of what God has done in your life, and you need to share that story with everybody that will listen because God has done great things for you, done great things for all of us. How did the nobleman know about Jesus, right? The word says that he heard about Jesus. The people of Samaria Samaria listened to an outcast. Let's go to Luke 7, 1 through 10. Now when he had entered, now when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. Man, it sounds like he's been there once or twice, huh? And a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. Verse 3, and when he heard of Jesus, whoo, I don't know. You heard of Jesus? I've heard of Jesus tonight, huh? What happened? He heard of Jesus. How did it happen? I bet you that nobleman in that house is still talking about my son was brought back to life by Jesus Christ. I, I, went, I walked 25 miles. I had to sleep overnight. But I'm telling you, whenever I got there, I didn't stop talking about Jesus and what he did for my son. Now the centurion says, and when he heard about Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. Hmm. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and he has built us a synagogue. The elders of the Jews, this is the religious elite. Man, they have been plotting, wanting to kill Jesus because they can't believe that he is the Christ. And now they're coming to Jesus. What a transformation in that process, huh? All of a sudden, George, they got to waken up. Their eyes have got to be open. This guy's done so much money. He, he's, he's, he's prospered the nation. He's given them all this money. He's built them a synagogue. We can't let this man die. So we got mm, to swallow our pride. And we got to go to Jesus. Whoo, because they've seen Jesus. They've heard about Jesus. They can't believe in him because they want to keep the law. They can't believe in the grace that God is trying to extend through Christ Jesus. They want to keep the law. I'm not even sure really what that would have looked like. But I'm sure it looked the same way that whenever I walked through the door of sinner. And I came to Jesus when he knocked at my heart, right? Huh? They come, and they, they're telling Jesus that this man is worthy of a miracle. This man is worthy. I, I feel like they're almost worshiping the centurion more than they are Jesus. Verse 6, then Jesus went with them, and when he was now 
far from, not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come to thee. I believe that we've all felt like that sometime in our walk with the Lord. I believe that we, we've messed up and we said, man, I can't go to him. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus is your savior. No matter the sinful mistake that we've made in our lives, he wants you to come to him. The word of God says in Hebrews 4 and 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. That's the word he's telling us. I, I, I don't think myself worthy of anything, but he's saying, he's saying, come boldly unto me, approach me because I'm your very help in time of need. Romans 8 and 31 says, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? So whenever depression comes up on you, fear, anxiety, worry, whenever you've done something foolishly, it starts speaking the word of God. If God be for me, this sin can't be against me. God, I pray for forgiveness. I ask you to wash me clean, and I'm going to start walking right. I'm going to do better, God. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. This is assurance that God loves you, that God loves us. You are worthy because God made you worthy. The price that he paid for you and I, mm, the son of God, the lamb of God, atonement was paid. He is worthy, which makes you and I worthy. We're special. We're valuable. Verse seven, wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come to thee. He cares for you and I more than we'll ever know, I think. But say in a word and my servant shall be healed. Oh, I wonder, again, if that nobleman's house is still talking about Jesus and how he raised his son up from the dead. He says, when he heard of Jesus, the centurion said, say the word, for I also am a man set under authority. Anybody set under authority? Huh? You got bosses over you? Huh? You ever been a boss? Huh? I've been a boss. I, I like this. I'm a man set under authority, having under my soldiers, and I say unto one, go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned him about, and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have found no great, oh, whew, I have found not, I have found, oh, man, I can't even speak now, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. The centurion spoke a word that marveled Christ Jesus himself. What about you? You ever spoke a word that, that Jesus sets at the right hand of the Father and he's marveled at your word? He's marveled at your boldness. He's marveled at the enthusiasm that you come. I like to say that I got stupid faith because I, I, say, I say things and I believe. I mean, I, I think it's going to take place. I think it's going to happen. I prayed for Rocky's shoulder on Friday and Rocky, I believe. I do. My prayers aren't, aren't, aren't something that I just throw up in the air and say, I hope it works out. No, I come with faith. I, I come believing that things are gonna take place in people's lives, that things are gonna change. I come with faith. I come speaking a word that I pray is marveling the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I pray that you speak words over your own life. I pray that you speak words over your family that marvel the King and say, man, they got boldness. And I'm gonna honor that in the name of Jesus, amen?
Amen. It's important to read the word, but it's also important to speak that word over you. Again, your words are blessings. Your words are cursings. Again, this man, his words marveled God. What faith, huh? And in verse 10, and they that were sent returning to the house found the servant whole that had been sick. If you will, stand with me tonight in closing. How faithful is our God? How great is our God? Faith comes from hearing, hearing the word of God. Listen to John 20 and 31. But these things are written that you might believe. And these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. These miracles, all of them, are written down so that we would believe. I've seen miracles. I've seen cancer healed. I've seen shoulders restored. I've seen deaf ears open. I've seen backs healed. I've seen the miraculous. I've even been used. And it's a privilege and an honor to watch God's glory fall. I've, I've been in prisons where I've seen uh, crips and bloods crying. That's a miracle in itself because God is touching their hearts and, and, and a grown man that has killed somebody is setting their crime because God is changing their hearts. We can't lose focus with the miracles that we see here. We see the greatest miracles of all. We see the new birth. We see people born again, people called out of darkness into the marvelous light. It's the greatest miracle that we'll ever see, salvation. We bring them in and God will clean them up. Mm. sister and I were talking about it earlier. Sometimes we judge people. Well, God's still cleaning them up because guess what? God's still cleaning me up. Amen? Ain't none of us perfect. There was only one perfect. His name was Jesus. And as we continue to come and we continue to read, the word will continue to clean us up. Listen, you're a miracle. I'm a miracle. We were lost. We were bound for hell. But now we're found. We were blind, but now we see. Listen, we see marriages restored. We, we listened to a, an adulterous woman who became a missionary, healed. We saw Nicodemus, a Jewish leader who knew nothing about Jesus, brought to new birth, salvation. Listen, we've seen finances turned around because people started tithing. We've seen miracles small and large. And guess what? They're all important to God. It doesn't matter how small or how large you think it is. Let's share our testimony. Let's do what the nobleman did. Let's go share our testimony and how God brought us into our new life. Let's live for Christ. Let's forgive as God has forgiven us and let's bless others as God has blessed us. Not just in this circle of brothers and sisters, but take it to your workplace. Take it to your community. Take it to your neighborhood. Let's be the miracles that Christ has made us to be. Amen? Amen. All heads bowed, eyes closed. I pray that this message has touched your heart tonight like it touched mine because it set me, it, it gave me excitement. When God spoke to me and I just started reading, man, we see the miraculous take place. Five or six this morning. Man, what a privilege to watch the manifestation of God's glory just fall in this house. That people have been rescued from the pits of hell. That, that their home is no longer hell but they're bound for glory. Heaven has become their home. Tonight, I don't know anybody's heart, but if you've never confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never asked him into your heart, tonight, 
today is the day of salvation. Is there one here that would say, Pastor, I need Jesus. Maybe you're here and, and, and you're like Nicodemus or you're like the Samaritan woman and you need to rededicate yourself. Is there one here that say, Pastor, I ain't welcome, right? Slip up that hand, we'll pray. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 